Morning, everyone. Well, as we continue to meet in our small prayer groups at the beginning of each of our Faith Builder classes, I'm reminded again how important and critical it is that we pray for each other. That's why we meet, that's why we spend that time, because it's so critical, especially in the day and age that we live. The Bible says pray without ceasing. It says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Here's a few thoughts about prayer. The soul without prayer is like lungs without air. Selfishness short circuits prayer. Live prayerfully, the life you save may be your own. And finally, a Christian must get on his knees before he can get on his feet. As believers, we must never underestimate the power of prayer in our lives and in the lives of our brothers and sisters. Hebrews 4.16 reminds us, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We'd all agree there's a lot going on in the world around us. The health crises, the COVID that keeps getting mutated, and now they say it's more catchy than ever. The political climate toward the Bible and believers in general, the overall state of our country, we need to claim that verse often for ourselves and with each other, that we can always come to the Lord boldly because of Jesus Christ. Not only on our behalf, but on behalf of each other. As persecution and suffering increase in our nation, we need to be practicing what's called intercessory prayer. I need to pray for you as my brothers and sisters, and I desperately need your prayers as well. In my career in the army, I never had a soldier, including commanders, turn down prayer on their behalf, even when they weren't Christians. It was true also while serving at Pinellas County Jail with inmates and deputies alike. I would say, do you mind if I pray for you? I never had one say, no, I don't need prayer. And you're dealing with all kinds in those kind of environments and the environments we face every day. Well, as a reminder of how important intercessory prayer is, we're going to look at a passage this morning, a story of the power of intercessory prayer and praying for each other. Join me in Acts chapter 12. And you will know this very well, this story, but I think we need that reminder. Here we find the answer to why we need to pray for each other why we need to intercede on the behalf of our brothers and sisters. And I believe there are four reasons we need to intercede in prayer for each other. Acts chapter 12, beginning of verse 1. Well, let's first pause for a word of prayer. Father God, we all come with things on our mind, whether it's at this moment, whatever we're thinking about right now, Lord, but we want to focus on our need to communicate with you, Lord, to spend time in prayer, to be on our knees spiritually before you because you're Almighty God. You chose us, you saved us, you sustain us. The world around us, Satan is throwing all the fiery darts he can at us. 
May we be faithful in keeping that shield of faith up. And if we can't, Lord, may we go to our brothers and sisters to ask for intercession, for, to ask for prayer on our behalf. Sometimes it's difficult to pray. And Lord, we need to know how important it is to pray for each other. As we look at your word, Lord, we look at this story about Peter. May we be reminded and motivated to spend more time in praying for one another. We thank you, Lord. We thank you and we give you the honor and glory for you listening to our prayers and answering every one. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we get into the text, we need to understand the background of this example of the power of prayer. Acts 10 and 11 introduces the gospel to the Gentiles, everyone who wasn't a Jew. The verses after our passage continue the persecution of Herod, who wanted to be popular, so he starts killing and persecuting believers. And now we get to our passage. The first reason we need to intercede in prayer for each other is shared in verses 1 to 4. And that first reason is needs arise. Needs arise. Follow with me. Beginning of verse 1 through 4. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, a brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. That was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. John MacArthur shares the following about King Herod. He reigned from A.D. 37 to 44 and was the grandson of Herod the Great. He ran up numerous debts in Rome and fled to Palestine. He was imprisoned by Emperor Tiberius after some careless comments and was made ruler of the northern Palestine after Tiberius died. As a hedge against his shaky relationship with Rome, he fostered favor with the Jews by persecuting Christians. That's just a little background on who uh, this man was. James, the brother of John, had just been beheaded with a sword. And the Jewish religious leaders approved, and according to Mark 10, James and John's suffering was predicted. So when we share the gospel, when we share the truth of God's word, the world is not going to pat us on the back. They're not going to say, that's what I needed to hear. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. They don't want to hear that. Because for the most part, those living in sin don't want any light shown upon that sin. And so, Herod is doing everything he can here to make the Jew and the Jewish leaders like him. And so, if killing one is is popular, let's go for two. There were no exceptions during this week. It talks about the days of unleavened bread. So Peter is put to death row with 16 soldiers guarding him on six-hour rotations. 
each shift having four soldiers always present with prisoner Peter, two stood guard and two were chained to Peter. The need for intercessory prayer rises for Peter, wouldn't we all agree, who faces execution. Do we ever have needs coming up where we need brothers and sisters interceding in prayer for us? Do we ever have that? I won't make anybody raise their hand because I think we all would. Sometimes many times a day. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's about persecution at a job or a family crisis. Every week we're reminded with this prayer request that we get, and there's a lot there, both sides. I was just looking through the, this list of the prayer requests uh, without saying any names. It talks about disease, relief from daily pain, health challenges, knee tear surgery, cardiac event, back surgery, right eye health challenges, cancer, arthritis, arthritis, disease, restored breathing, surgery, cancer. That's one side. That's just briefly a few. Challenges with arthritis and diabetes. Pray for their salvation. Brain cancer, lung transplant, lung cancer, not a believer, leukemia, wheelchair bound, cancer, cancer, heart complications, someone in a coma. That's just a few of the list. So if we ever say we don't have anything to pray for, look at this list here. And if you tried to pray for all of them, it'd probably take all day at least to get through them. So we do have a lot of opportunities to pray for one another. Needs arise. I remember while training at Fort Gordon, Georgia, while I was still in the Army, a nurse had flashbacks from Iraq and they just kept coming on, especially at night, and she was afraid to go to sleep, and she'd wake up screaming. And I remember praying and spending time with her. And I remember several joined me in prayer for her so that those would be relieved, so that would let up. But I think God is always hearing. I know God is always hearing. Sometimes we don't get an immediate answer, but often we do. And we need to recognize that God always hears and He always answers. So I was thinking about the need for prayer. I wanted to share this with you. It's kind of a humorous way, but this is somebody who is trying to apply to be a teacher. After being interviewed by the school administration, the teaching prospect said, let me see if I've got this right. You want me to go into that room with all those kids, fill their every waking moment with a love for learning, and I'm supposed to instill a sense of pride in their ethnicity, modify their disruptive behavior, observe them for signs of abuse, and even censor their t-shirt messages and dress habits. You want me to wage a war on drugs and sexually transmitted diseases, check their backpacks for weapons of mass destruction, and raise their self-esteem. You want me to teach them patriotism, good citizenship, sportsmanship, fair play, how to register to vote, how to balance a checkbook, and how to apply for a job. I'm to check their heads for lice, maintain a safe environment, recognize signs of antisocial behavior, 
make sure all students pass the state exam, even those who don't come to school. Plus, I'm to make sure that all of the students with handicaps get an equal education regardless of the extent of their mental or physical handicap. I am to communicate regularly with the parents by letter, telephone, newsletter, and report card. All of this I am to do with just a piece of chalk, a computer, a few books, a bulletin board, and a big smile, and a starting salary that qualifies my family for food stamps. You want me to do all this, and then you say, I can't pray? <laughs> I think that person, and I think teachers do need a lot of prayer. They need to be upheld in prayer. So the first reason we need to intercede in prayer for each other needs to rise, we'd all agree. The second reason we should intercede for each other in prayer is shared in verse 5. And that is because we're one body in Christ. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Because we're one body in Christ, we need to pray for each other. The members of the Jerusalem church went to their knees in intercessory prayer for Peter. A continual prayer chain on Peter's behalf who was sitting on death row. Have any of us ever had fellow believers praying for us in a crisis? Do we reach out to them? Because at the time we're just so overwhelmed. Could we tell others we're praying on our behalf when we reached out? Or did it make any difference? I remember during our car accidents in 2004 and 2018, rear-ended and then hit from the front on those two separate occasions. I know people were praying for us. Because except for the grace of God in 2004, we wouldn't have survived. 2018 as well. Being in the middle of 19, U.S. 19. So I know it makes a difference. There are many examples from the Bible of intercessory prayer. We could look at Joshua in Joshua 7 where it talks about Joshua prayed, interceded on the people's behalf. They were in a battle and he prayed and he asked God for the sun to stand still. That's never happened before, never has since then or before then. And what happened when Joshua prayed? Did God hear him? Did he answer him? Did they see it as the sun stood still? Paul in Colossians 1, looking a few books over in Colossians 1, Paul, and we know Paul needed prayer. All that he went through, beginning of verse 9 of Colossians 1, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, 
strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance in the saints in light. Paul needed prayer. Paul prayed hard for those churches that he started. Those ones that God had saved in the midst of all the evil going on around. We need to pray for each other. Constant prayer means here it was fervent prayer. It was without ceasing on behalf of Peter. Not giving up right away. To be honest, when we're praying, if we don't see that answered immediately, it's easy to give up. But God says keep praying. Have your brothers and sisters praying as well. Being persistent as Peter's life is on the line. He's supposed to be executed the next day. This word is a medical term describing the stretching of a muscle to its limit. The people of the church poured the maximum effort they were capable of as they prayed for Peter. These believers in the church had been praying for Peter all week and it's the night before he's to be executed. And I believe this helped Peter to have God's peace. Is God's peace important in the world we're in? Boy, it's so easy to slip away, isn't it? But God says, I will give you peace. I will give you my peace. The world doesn't understand it, but it's described in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We need that. I need that. Then we have other passages like Psalm 4, 8. I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Does God lie? Is His word true? So what is our part? We need to believe it. And do we need help believing sometimes? All the time. That's where the trust comes. Warren Worsby shares the following. The fact that Peter had been a prisoner twice before is not what gave him his calm heart. For that matter, this prison experience was different from the other two. This time he was alone. And the deliverance did not come right away. The other two times he was able to witness, but this time no special witnessing opportunities appeared. While I was growing up, I remember my grandfather, a true prayer warrior, praying for me. I heard somebody talking upstairs and he would go up to his bedroom and he would be on his knees and he was praying. And I remember one time I... And I was doing that. I snuck up the steps and I was listening because I heard that noise up there. And he was praying that somewhere down the line I would consider full-time ministry. I was nine years old and I thought, why is he praying for me? 
God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers. The third reason we should pray for each other is shared beginning of verse 6. And that is because we need to pray anticipating God's answer. Because we need to pray anticipating God's answer. We need to know when we're praying, God will answer. He will not leave me nor forsake me. Look with me beginning at verse 6. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter's side and woke him saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself, put on your sandals. And he did so and he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Here's how one inmate shares her thoughts about anticipating God's answer, and she wrote this. She is incarcerated in California. It's my heart's prayer. As I sit in my cell, I pray and I pray. Will I ever change? Will I find my way? I know that God's here. He never went away. It was me who ran. Ran fast and far away. Will I ever again know the feeling of being a mom every day? Or will I just watch my kids grow from far away? Will my sisters ever get the big sister they deserve? Or will I be a coward and choose selfishness over what is good? The pain and the stress is too much to endure. I cannot go on another single day without forgiving myself and my God saving the day. So, as I'm here on my knees, bending before Him, I pray, Dear Lord, I come before You broken and beat. I beg for forgiveness so I can stand again on my own two feet Please take away these sorrows and refocus my brain. Give me the strength of your mighty power and guide me as I find my way. Bring me back to my children so I can teach them of your love and compassion. Help me to live through you and for you so I can be the mother, sister, daughter, friend, and child of God you intended for me to be. Through this prayer poem, I am repenting to you God, forgive me and cleanse me and make me new. Pretty straightforward prayer. The night before we just read Peter's execution, he's sound asleep. Between two soldiers and an angel struck, actually it's the word whacked him on the head to wake him up. So he was very sound asleep. Isn't that incredible? He's to be executed the next day. He had God's peace. And this church was praying for him all week. And he's sleeping so soundly, an angel has to whack him on the head to wake him up. But Peter knew if he was executed the next day, he would be with the Lord. That's our hope. 
He had God's peace in all of this. The angel instructs Peter what? Get up. Get dressed. And as he is, the chains fall off. So put on a coat. Maybe it was a little chilly. And follow the angel through the prison. And as they approach the iron gate of the prison, what? It just opens up. <laughs> you know who's behind that. And they go into the narrow streets of the city and the angel disappears and Peter's left alone. It's truly a miracle. In response to the intercessory prayers of fellow believers, God is at work. When we pray, do we expect God to answer? We should never be surprised when God's answer comes. Is it always the one answer we thought God should do? No. Is it worse? It's always better, isn't it? If we really believe Romans 8.28, we have to claim it. Elisha in 2 Kings 6, they were surrounded. He and his assistant were surrounded. 2 Kings 6, 15-17, they're surrounded by this great army. His servant, his assistant is terrified because he's looking out and he's seeing all the enemy out there. And what does Elisha pray? That he could see God's army. And when that servant looked again, instead of seeing all of the enemy out there, he saw God's army. And whose army is more powerful? Who can stand against God? Who is more powerful than God? And I don't know about his servant, it doesn't say, but I would have peace after I'd saw God's army. Is God's army around us today? Does he have his angels watching over us? Do we need them? Desperately, don't we? When we pray, do we always realize who we're praying to? Our Heavenly Father, our Abba, our Daddy, who is omnipresent everywhere at once, who's omniscient, knows all, who's holy, loving, worthy of praise, and all the glory due Him. Do we realize the King of the universe hears us and anticipate His answer? will fulfill Romans 8.28. How many things work together? All things. Everything in our lives. We can lean on God. God will never fail us. And humanly, sometimes we feel like it, but His promises are truth. God cannot lie. He cannot leave us nor forsake us because He said He wouldn't. The final reason we should practice intercessory prayer is beginning at verse 11 through 17. And it's because God deserves the glory and the thanks. Verse 11, when Peter came to himself, he knew this wasn't just a vision. He said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. When he knocked on the door, 
of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her joy, she didn't open the gate. But she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the front of the gate. They said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. They kept saying it is his angel. Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. Once Peter is fully awake, he realizes, not a vision, he thanks God for delivering him from prison. And he heads to the place where he knows those in that Bible church, all those believers have been interceding for him on his behalf. And according to verse 13, this unexpected encounter begins with Peter and a young girl named Rhoda. I think about Rhoda. She hears knocking at the door, at the gate. And she announces then after Peter said, announces that he's there. So she goes to the prayer group that Peter is standing at the gate. And of course, all those prayer warriors who had been praying all week, they said, praise God. He answered our prayers. Now they think Rhoda's crazy. Oh, you're only seeing or hearing his angel. It's not really him. Their answer to their intercessory prayer isn't real when that answer is Peter standing at the gate. And I appreciate Peter is very persistent, isn't he? He keeps knocking. I got Rhoda. She must have left. I'm going to keep knocking on the door. And finally somebody else comes there and they recognize Peter's voice and they open the gate and it says the prayer warriors are what? Astonished. They can't believe it. They're amazed. They're shocked. God released Peter in answer to their fervent, consistent prayers they had brought up on Peter's behalf all week. Have we ever been in a similar situation? which we prayed for God's intervention in a situation that happens and we can't believe it? Are we amazed at God, how great He is? He has no limits. It happened here. Verse 17, Peter, once he's inside, and they, I'm sure they're looking at him. This isn't a ghost. This isn't just something we're imagining. This is Peter standing here. We prayed all week and here he's standing. It says in verse 17 that he shares what happened. God has done this. Why is it so important to share answered prayers with others in our prayer group? Why is it? Why do we do that? Or do, do we need to? Encouragement for what? Why do we need? We don't need encouragement, do we? Giving God the glory. Those who are in the midst of something, do they need encouragement to keep praying? Do they need to be able to share with their brothers and sisters? I need your support here. I'm growing weak. 
reinforcements for what we need. And does God hear their prayers? Does He hear our prayers? So we don't give up. Why? Because God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to pray for each other because we desperately need it. When God answers our prayers and we know it is Him, do we pause and say, Thank you, God. Thank you. The story back in Luke 17, remember the story of the ten lepers? Were they all healed? And how many, all ten, came back and said, Lord, thank you? One. Let's be the one. Let's not forget. We come to God with our needs. We ask for our brothers and sisters to pray for us to to work in a situation and we can't forget to thank Him and give Him the glory. So how does this apply to us? I think the whole thing applies to us. When a situation looks hopeless, remember God specially is the impossible from our viewpoint. When God answers, He deserves all the glory. We have an example of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6, one of my favorite Old Testament books. Daniel turned to the Lord when after he was thrown in the lion's den? What had Daniel been doing all his life, all the time he was in captivity? What had he been doing? Praying. You think it was important to Daniel that he pray three times a day? Do you think it was important to Daniel that he continued to pray when he was thrown in a lion's den? But Daniel knew that if he died there, He would still trust God. He'd be in God's presence. But God delivered him. And who was that a witness to that next morning that he was still there? The king. Because he was up all night, it says. He was worried about Daniel. But he said, maybe you can trust in your God. And the next morning when he hollered out, Daniel, are you still there? And then he heard Daniel's voice, yes, I'm still here because of God. God gets the glory. He's the one who shut the mouths of the lions. And do we know those lions were hungry lions? What happened later? All of those who had conspired to have Daniel killed, they were thrown in. It says before they hit the floor, the lions devouring them. When we're asked why should we pray for each other and intercede for our brothers and sisters, remember needs arise, don't they? Anybody here never had a need arise where you needed prayer of brothers and sisters? We're one body in Christ and that's going to be for eternity. We're going to be with each other. And I've heard it said, well, we might as well get used to each other here. We put up with them, but they've got to put up with us. None of us are perfect, but by the grace of God, we're adopted into God's family. We're to pray anticipating God's answer because it will come. And finally, give God the thanks and the glory. He deserves it. Let's pray.
Father God, I thank You so much that we have the opportunity to pray for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We all need prayer. But Father, as we pray for each other, we need to never forget to thank You. We need to share it with our brothers and sisters as an encouragement. Don't give up. The world says give up. Job's wife said, curse God and die. May we never speak like that, Lord. It's hard. Sometimes, Lord, we have to ask You for the faith to trust You because ours is weak. Humanly, things look impossible. The crisis looks hopeless. But God, we know You're in control. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're going to be in eternity with You. But here we have our brothers and sisters to pray for and to ask them to pray for us. Thank God we can do that. Through Jesus Christ, we can come boldly before Your throne. We need Your grace, Lord. We need Your mercy. Sometimes we feel like giving up. Lord, help us not to. Help us to put our trust in You and in Your Word. Give us the strength, Lord, to to do what You call us to do. To be a witness. To pray for each other. Lord, sometimes we need Your spiritual hugs to get through the day. And we know You're there. Lord, I pray for each one here this coming week. Lord, help us to be reminded with Peter the power of prayer, of intercessory prayer. And as people come to our minds, Lord, help us to pause at least in our minds and pray for them. They need our prayers. We need each other's prayers. And we want to give You the honor and the glory. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, Amen.